they hired bicycle taxi, but they convinced the bicycle riders to let them ride the bike and the taxi guys sat on the back, which brought a lot of joy to a lot of Rwandans along the way who have never seen a white kid who is a bicycle taxi rider. Welcome to See Africa, Breathe Africa, a weekly podcast made to bring Rwanda, Uganda, and the Democratic Republic of Congo closer to you. It's moderated by a travel consultant and cultural tourism expert, Miha Logar, and an Afrofusion musician, Joe Kahiri. From a grass-thatched hut on Uganda's Lake Bunyoni, Miha and Joe have called up two other Gorilla Highlands experts for the show, Charlotte Beauvoisson, a British travel blogger, and Rwandan chef Ramadan Sendayagaya. See Africa, breathe Africa. This podcast discusses Rwanda beyond the mountain gorillas, but our guest Matthew Miller does live rather close to them. For almost 10 years, he's resided in Musanze, a cool little city surrounded by the Virunga volcanoes, and he has no plans of leaving. Matt has built a house for his family of six here and a great international school as well called Virunga Valley Academy. It's an institution that every capital city would envy, but it's the folk of Musanze who get to enjoy it. Read and watch more about the school in the show notes. We've engaged our favorite teenage blogger, Inyanja, to write about the place that she gets wholesome education from. says I'll, I'll always search for you and I'll always love you. I'm going to first, first of all, complain a little bit. What's the problem? Even in the previous episode, you started with this dangerous <laughs> directions of coming up with new approaches. Where is this leading, Kahiri? Can you just give us a little bit of Sea Africa, Africa just, just, just to put the people at peace? Well, this was a special one, but here goes. Africa, breathe Africa, see Africa, yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'll just do this freestyle because I didn't prepare, but they have put me on the spot. So, we're going to a lovely, lovely land, the land with the most beautiful cows, they say. We're going to the land of Rwanda, or they like to say Rwanda. Africa, breathe Africa and see Africa, yeah. We've been a little <laughs> bit too Uganda-centered, so we said to ourselves, it's time to give our Rwanda some love. Yeah. And I was just lucky to have on my dial a gentleman who has spent quite some time in the country, has seen almost everything there is. Matt, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Miha. 
I could not imagine a better guest because of your extreme exposure to the attractions of the country. What mm -hmm. actually impresses you about this country that you've made your home? So I've traveled to almost half of the countries in Africa now, and I think Rwanda is the most different country of all of the countries in Africa. I grew up in Indiana in the United States, and if you've ever been to that part of the United States, it's really, really flat. So I love exploring the mountains and going off the beaten path. Rama, you, you, you've met Matt before. What would you ask Muzungu in Rwanda? Matt, what was your first impression about Rwandan people? So the first thing I noticed is that Rwandans are quiet. Um, I, I noticed a kind of dignity and grace just in the way that people carry themselves and uh, interact with each other. It was very interesting. One of the things that Rwanda is famous for is the beauty of the people. Very beautiful women and men. Do you have any comments about that? Well, isn't it true almost everywhere that the women are always much more beautiful than the men? <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it is true. I mean, there is a kind of a, a level of putting yourself together, dressing well. Rwanda has this uh, imigongo, which is a traditional way of decorating houses and, and painting that is, sounds kind of gross. It was, it's based on cow dung, but it's these geometric shapes, and that has now moved into fashion. So, um, yeah, I, I think there's a lot to, to say about the beauty of both Rwandan people and their, their dress and fashion. Is there anything else for you that makes Rwanda unique among African countries? I loved being cold. If you've ever been to West Africa, it is one of the hottest places in the world. So we got to Rwanda and I remember the first night that we went outside and I could see my breath and, and there was a fireplace. You would never have a fireplace in West Africa. I remember seeing evergreen trees, which I had never seen in Africa before. So those things kind of pulled me in a little bit that, yeah, this place is a little bit different. How would do you describe my country geographically to a potential tourist? Rwanda is organized with Kigali right in the middle, so it makes a, an easy hub for visiting. And it's got a wonderful road system, so you can basically get anywhere in Rwanda from Kigali within maybe three to four hours. So if you go to the extreme northwest, that would be Kiseni Rubavu. It's about a three, three and a half hour trip. Directly to the west is Kibuye Karongi, also on the lake, going east to Rwamagana and Kayonza. And that eastern area is where we have the only plains of Rwanda. Akagera National Park, and um, it is, I think, one of the most beautiful national parks in Africa. Going further to the southeast, you kind of get into an area of coffee and tea down near Huye and then into Yungwe Forest. I think it's the oldest remaining forest in Africa. Incredible place to see as well. Rwanda, at the end of the day, benefits from being small enough and focused enough to position itself as the gorilla tracking destination, at least for those who don't mind paying a little bit more to get something a little bit more smooth and better. In this show, we are trying to go beyond that and discuss Rwanda as a destination for somebody who might not be interested in paying $1,500 for spending one hour with the gorillas. What would you say, Matt? Can it be a destination by itself without it? 
if we start with Volcanoes National Park, because everyone focuses on the gorillas, most people um, can, can tend to think that that's all there is to do in that park, which is not true. There are many different kinds of experiences you can have. I've climbed, for example, Bisoke, the volcano, which for foreigners, it's $75 to climb. I've done it 12 times and actually have seen gorillas five out of the 12 times on that climb. You've been to that volcano top 12 times yeah, in almost 50% of the cases you also saw gorillas. Yeah, they say, you know, that maybe a 10 or less percent chance. And so I guess I'm pretty lucky. Or maybe I, I don't know, smell like a gorilla and they don't notice. I don't know what all the reasons are, but um, there's other nature hikes. So there's a lot you can do. Golden monkeys. But do, do you like repetition? Like, uh, why can you climb a particular peak 12 times? You know, it's the same place, but the, the forest or the game reserves, you never have the same experience twice. I mean, you can go around the, the same corner and you see something different, a different bird or an animal or a view. Part of why I love Musanze is we have these volcanoes and people ask, have you gotten tired of looking at them? No, I mean, they, they're, they're sometimes weeks where we don't even see them because of the, the clouds and then they come out and it's, it's always new. And then every once in a while, Karasimbi has this brilliant white covering on the top of it. And you're like, wow, that's amazing. There's a kind of newness that only comes from having a deep, long experience with the place. We also have Charlotte with us. I would really invite her to also bring in some of her questions. One of the questions I had was, we, we know a little bit about Rwanda, we know about the gorillas and Akagera and Kigali and so on, but what do you think is the most overrated attraction? There's one experience that I just haven't decided to do yet, and it's the, the canopy walkway in Nyungwe. I love Nyungwe Forest. I just haven't brought myself to pay the extra money to walk on a bridge through it. Oh, well, I have to say, I've been there and it is one <laughs> it is one of the best experiences I've done, actually. I thought it was really phenomenal. Maybe I need to do it then, because every time I've had the choice, I've thought, well, I'm going to do a longer walk. And... What's unique about Nyungwe is you're up in the air and there comes a certain point when you're in the middle of the air and you are surrounded on every side by forest. So there's forest underneath you and it's to the left of you and to the right of you. And literally it's hundreds of meters in the distance. Actually, I'm sold. I think I need to plan a trip. I think I've heard what the answer to Charlotte's question would be. I've heard that, that, that Rwandan partying is highly overrated. Yes. Oh, I, I went out one time when I was in Kigali. We went looking for nightlife and it was dismal. <laughs> Any comments, Mark? <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not much of a partier. I, wife and kids and being at home kind of disqualified for being a, an expert on that. Matt, the opposite question. Yes. What is the most underrated attraction? Well, I, I would I would mention the Twin Lakes, um, Lake Rohondo and Burera. So it's, it's a great place to explore. There are islands that you can stay on. Wonderful opportunities for hiking around that area as well. And there, there's a new attraction that many people don't know about, which is the Gishwati Mukura National Park. The, the smallness of it is something that I think makes it really interesting. And um, there's a small population of chimpanzees who survived. It's really close to Mustanze. It's kind of halfway between Mustanze and Giseni. On that road, I would also add Mbabazi to that list. I always wonder why more people don't check on that 
pretty amazing place. What's what's your take on that one? The history of what Roz Carr did and her her connection even with Diane Fossey, which is really interesting. And um, she had a small house covered in ivy. So it's just acres and acres of beautiful flowers that you usually find in vases, but there's just fields of them everywhere. Dear audience, if you want to learn more about Imbabazi and Roscar, you should definitely check the video and the story in the show notes. But let's move on, Matt. What is Lake Kivu to you? Lake Kivu is fantastic. And it's really started to develop over the past few years. And each part of the lake has a little bit different uh, feel. It is the, the only place I found in Rwanda that has a, a functioning, pleasant, beautiful public space. Um, one of the things that frustrates us about Rwanda is you'll see a beautiful garden and there'll be the don't walk on the grass sign. But the beachfront of Giseni has you know, uh, volleyball courts and gardens and there's always people walking around. So it's just a, a really nice atmosphere to experience. And those are sand beaches, really beautiful. In some ways, it's like a sea in the middle of the African continent, right? I personally own a couple of kayaks, so I love to throw those on the roof of the car and just go out and explore. One experience I had, um, this was down in Kibuye, which is kind of the center part of Lake Kivu. Got kayaks out, went to a, one of the islands, and all of a sudden I saw something swimming in the water and looked a little closer, it was cows. The cows were swimming from one island to another. That's also the site of Africa's only museum of environment. Have you ever set your foot inside? I have not. That is also on my short list to, to go and see. That might be Rwanda's most overrated destination. <laughs> yeah, I was in and out of the room before I realized what had happened. <laughs> Maybe I went on a bad day, but... Um, well, it, I mean, it was it was literally just a, a blip, not even a whole memory. I, I remember seeing this sign. We went in this very modern-looking building, and I, I saw the word environment, and I got excited. And it was like going into a library, but it was just one room, and there was nothing there, really. When we talk about tourism, have you found anything interesting, culture-wise, music-wise? We as a family really love Rwandan traditional dance. So one of the things we love to do is just go to a lodge that we know has as dancers and get tea and experience that. One of our favorite places to go is the area of Huye Nyanza Butare, which would maybe be kind of the cultural center of Rwanda. And they have the National Museum, which is an excellent place to learn about the history and culture of Rwanda. The King's Palace and art is a really, I think it's a vibrant part of Rwandan culture that is growing. Matt talked about Nyanza and uh, Royal Palace. Actually, in our episode three, we devoted quite some time to that special place. And all we can say is highly recommended. I'm right now completing a series of social media posts about Rwanda's attractions. And I'm facing a question that I'm now throwing at you, Matt. Should I end this with Kigali? Like, could we call Kigali an attraction? Yeah, the National Genocide Memorial should not be missed, so that, that almost by default makes Kigali an attraction, although the word attraction is not what I would choose to talk about that is, you know, it's a, a very important place to go on a deeper level than what we usually mean by attraction, just for understanding the whole country. The reason why I would highlight it 
is that it definitely isn't what an average person expects from an African city. What makes Kigali yeah. different? I think it's it's clean. It still has somehow avoided traffic jams, which any of you who've spent time really anywhere else in East Africa, Nairobi or Kampala, sitting in traffic for hour after hour just almost ruins it all. What, what do we recommend to visitors in terms of going to the Genocide Museum or Genocide Memorials? You know, is it is it necessary? Should you always do it as part of a visit to Rwanda? Should you do it at the start of your trip? the end of your trip, uh, what's your feeling? My recommendation is yes, it's it's an incredibly important part of any experience here because I think it puts into context the incredible journey and, and progress that Rwanda has made. And I, I strongly feel like an earlier visit, earlier in the trip is important um, because it just, under understanding what happened will inform the rest of your experience um, just realizing how far Rwanda has come. You and I surely see Rwanda differently than an average American. For example, people still talk about genocide 30 years later. What do you as Matt from Rwanda tell your friends abroad? Well, there, there's an interesting study that is done. Um, it's a study of the safest countries in the world. A couple of years ago, Rwanda was number nine. I think in the most recent study, they moved up to number seven. And my home country is much further down the list. So that completely overturns people's image of Rwanda, the transformation that's happened just in, in creating order and development is incredible. Also, Rwanda is positioning itself to be kind of the startup capital of East Africa and maybe um, all of Africa. Matt, what language is spoken mostly? Because I get the feeling that Rwandan people don't speak a lot of English or they don't speak it very well. Yeah, Kenya Rwanda, of course, is the national language. And one of the unique things about Rwanda that may only be true in a couple of other places, everyone speaks the same local language. So because of that, there wasn't the need for a trade language for people to communicate in the country. We lived in Togo before Rwanda, and there were 42 different languages among um, a country of about 5 million people. What we've noticed in Rwanda is that if people are over about 40 and they know a second language, it tends to be French. 40 and under tends to be English, and English is growing. 15 years ago, Rwanda overnight changed its official language from French to English. And as somebody who doesn't have a clue about French, I can tell you that, yes, you can find your way around. I don't think I've ever been anywhere where they can't find someone who can speak English. One of the things, so what I meant to understand, like on the Ugandan side, uh, most white people, European people, Western people, uh, when they come here, their currencies um, compare very favorably. An average income in the West is like loads of money in this region. Is that is that something you've experienced in, in Rwanda? You know, it depends on what you're trying to buy because it's a landlocked country. The moment that you're looking at anything imported, the cost is quite high. I mean, I love being able to go to the market and buy an avocado for you know, five cents when they cost three or four dollars in the U.S. But then you go and try to buy cheese and it's almost the opposite. 
So, would you say that you live a better life on less money? Like, for example, um, I have friends who rented a house here in Kabale, southwestern Uganda, for $200 a month. And I mean, this is like a huge house with a huge compound, like five bedrooms, with like servants' quarters, and like a garden in the back. I, I think outside of Kigali, that that is probably more true. Kigali is becoming more and more expensive. Um, in Musanze, you can still find a, a pretty good house for maybe $500, um, although it's getting more challenging. We decided to just skip all that rent stuff. We've, we found out that foreigners can own land in Rwanda. So the moment we discovered that, we built our own house. And I would definitely say if you're building yourself, you can build very something very beautiful and very inexpensive. I, I just I just wanted to add something because, yeah, people generally think that like if you come from the West to, say, Rwanda or Uganda, that you're going to find things very cheap. And that used to be the case, but actually you can very easily spend a lot of money now and, and not, not get a huge amount of value for it. I would say that the main issue is the small middle class in African countries. So you have prices for the poor and prices for the rich but you hardly have anything in between. It's it's hard to find. In the case of Rwanda, they're intentionally targeting more luxury tourism. And um, I mean, that's fine. There are people who will pay, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars a night to stay in some of the incredible hotels. But other providers who are not at that level are seeing that and can tend to ask for prices that I think are beyond what the value is. So it is a challenge to find um, affordable, nice places in Rwanda. And when you do find them, they're, they're a treasure. We seem to be at the end of it all. Uh, Kahiri has grabbed his guitar, what is usually a good sign that we are reaching the, the full stop. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> this brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you, Matt. Thank you so much. Thank you, Chef Rauma. Um, thank you, Charlotte. Thank you, Miha, my co-host. Um, this is See Africa, Breathe Africa. And I will leave you guys with a song. This is Kahunzire. Kahunzire means the precious one or the beautiful one. Follow us on Apple Podcasts by pressing the plus button at the top. Or on Spotify, you should simply tap follow under the podcast title. We record with a live Zoom audience every Tuesday and publish the episodes by the weekend. Bye.